Okay, I'm so gonna get bashed for this. Are you guys ready for some loud opinions? It's Yara, by the way, and welcome to Unorthodox, the place where I'm gonna open the can of worms no one wants to touch. That's what happens when you give a skeptic a microphone. Join me on Patio for weekly episodes where I attempt to explore the ins and outs of society and people, and I ask the most important question of them all, why? Hello everyone and welcome back to Unorthodox. In light of recent testimonies sent into some Instagram accounts about sexual harassment and sexual assault and, you know, spotlighting some sexual predators in the area, I liked to dedicate this podcast to reading out some testimonies that were sent in to me from various people. And I really want to shed light on the importance of, of coming out and of, of speaking about this issue, especially in a society as close-minded and enclosed as ours. So I'd like to begin this episode by giving a trigger warning. There will be mentions of sexual assault and sexual harassment. So if that is triggering for any of you, then I suggest you don't listen to this episode. Um, the first testimony I'm going to read is not a very long one, but one that actually stuck with me. So it was sent in by, by a guy, and I'm going to begin reading and maybe just you know comment on it a little bit. During my school years, I didn't really understand the concept of sexuality, but I knew I was different. I would search for pictures of beautiful men and women to try and figure out what I liked more. I was innocent enough that none of the pictures were pornographic. Eventually, I found out that I was attracted to men and not women. One day, my brother walks into my room and looks up my search history, finding the pictures that I had been looking at. Being as young and naive as he was, he told a few of my classmates what he had seen on my computer. At first, they confronted me to see if I were gay. Naturally, I denied it because I was scared. After that, I started receiving messages like Rda'li in the middle of the night. This is a type of shit that guys joke about with each other, and it's normalized even though there's nothing adi about it. I tried my best to ignore all of that. One day, I was at a party with some classmates, including one of the guys that my brother had told. The jokes were still very serious for me and were hurtful. At the party, the guy says, Yalla, we're gonna do it. I tried to ignore it as usual and play dumb but he drags me to the bathroom. He takes off his pants and sits on the toilet seat in his boxers. I had two choices. Either I do something or I leave and turn it into a joke. I chose the latter, joking that I was straight and laughing about the incident. In that moment, I thought that if I actually had given him what he wanted, it wouldn't have stopped there. I was certain that other people would have asked me for the same thing. They would have threatened to expose me if I had refused. I was a kid and I was afraid. I have never looked at that person the same way since. So that is an anonymous testimony. And this person was about 15, 16 at the time. He was in ninth grade, as far as I'm told. And it's, it's really shocking how, you know, when you say sexual assault or sexual harassment, what we tend to think about first is like rape, for example. 
But sexual assault and harassment has many forms. And the lack of consent is a form of sexual harassment and assault. So what this child, and yes, I'm going to say child because teenagers are still considered children. They don't think, you know, further than the tips of their noses, Yanni. Um, as far as this child is concerned, he was going through something very pivotal in his life. He was going through something that hurt him just because he was trying to figure out how he fit in in, in society. And that is something that is uh, stigmatized today with or without any sexual assault around it. And his brother was younger than him. Yes, it was stupid of him. Yes, it was naive of him. But his brother was more of a child, so there isn't anyone to blame in this situation. But if there is someone that can take responsibility for the thoughts of other people, it is any form of educator in children's lives, which is why I stress and I will stress about the importance of sexual education in schools, because that doesn't always happen at home, especially during these times where homosexuality is not as taboo as it was before, where people are starting to open up, maybe not the older generations, but most definitely the newer ones. It should not be something that is ostracized or that is excluded from the conversation. I think it's very important, for example, in Ekonfisfuf, sexual education in, in schools, in high schools, to teach girls and boys about the importance of consent, about the importance of being comfortable in one's own skin, about the inclusivity of different genders and different sexualities in society. Because And homosexuality in general and then sex in general is not something that is new. It's not something It's something that has been around for a very, very, very long time. I don't think we can ignore this anymore. I don't think we can live in a world that just turns a blind eye to incidents like these. I don't know if this boy, this child at the time, told his parents about this or told anyone about this. I don't know if he had to hold that burden with him the whole time. During his testimony, he was talking to me about the language used between, you know, girls and boys. This very, very violent language. That word that I really don't want to repeat, um, that is being used um, to tell him what to do, to tell him to give someone a blowjob, for example. Um, I don't think this is something that should be normalized. Yes, there are jokes. Yes, we all joke around with our friends. Yes, we all laugh about it sometimes. But there are certain situations in which a joke really toes the line between what is hurtful and what is not. What people are going through. Well, people don't want to talk about what they're going through sometimes. So it's best if we just relax with the, with the words and with the phrases that are inherited hatred of, of certain people, certain individuals in society. I'm not here to preach about how we should behave. That's not what I'm doing. I'm just showing you guys what exists out there, what kind of people are out there. And, and I'm here to show you that we can't really blame any one person in these situations because 
Nothing really comes from nothing in the end. Every role that is played is played for a reason. Every personality that is shaped into what it is has been shaped by something. Nothing is, is just exists like that. My second testimony comes from a university student, um, a woman, and it goes like this. It was my senior year at university. I had three or four senior courses with the same instructor. Her personal assistant used to proctor us on every exam. I knew him outside of class as well. He studied at my university and he was my friend. He texted me the night before my final exam asking what I was doing. Since we were friends, I answered normally saying that I was studying. Then he says, He started saying, if you don't come over, I'll make sure you don't pass your exam. Then he said, if you want to come over to my house, I'm the one who corrects the exams. And if you don't come, I'll fail you. I felt disgusted and terrified of failing my exam. The night before the exam, I couldn't sleep. The day of the final, I talked to my professor and I asked her who corrects the exams. She said, either me or my assistant. I asked that she be the one to correct mine. She started asking me why I was saying that, and I couldn't control my emotions anymore. I started crying and I told her what happened. She appreciated my responsibility and told me not to worry about it. After that incident passed, I told a couple of my friends about what happened, and I was shocked to find out that he did the same to them as well. Perhaps the most hurtful aspect of this was that I considered this person a friend. I thought he was a decent human and I felt comfortable around him. For me to say that this is something uncommon would be a lie. Now, I'm not going to say that this is very heard of because not many people talk about this. Not many people have the courage to come out and say, this, this, and that happened to me, and fuck the consequences, I'm going to talk about it. And I think that's something that really scares us, the consequences. This is something that's very prevalent here. Um, This girl... What she was saying was that she was terrified of failing a senior final, so failing her course, so not being able to graduate. Imagine someone holding that over your head in times of great stress, in times of final exams, in times where you just want to to do your best and get out of university so you can start a new chapter of your life. Imagine how vulnerable someone is during that time. Now, what this girl said was, what happened to me is not... um, She says that she cannot imagine how traumatized one must feel after a physical sexual assault. So what I have to say to her and to anyone who actually thinks like that is, again, sexual assault happens on various platforms in various different forms. There is not one type that is okay to feel traumatized about and then another that's like, no, you're not allowed to get over it. There is no such thing as get over it. Trauma is trauma, however it happens. And this is something traumatic. And what she did, the responsibility she showed by telling her professor what happened, even though maybe she didn't want to, maybe she felt pressured, maybe she was scared about what would happen. And that's something that we really need to look into in our society, this fear of consequences, fear of consequences that We don't get to set that people set for us, especially, especially if you're a woman. If you are a woman in our society, reputation is the top thing you have. يعني في حدا يجي يهدد ويقول أنا بدي أقول عنك هيك هيك أو أنا بدي خبر هيك هيك أو يفبرك قصص أو يفبرك chats. And this is something that scares a lot of women out there. It happens sometimes if 
um, a woman is in a relationship with a guy and, you know, she sends him some pictures, some private pictures, and the guy then wants to publish them or threatens her with them. That's not normal behavior. That's not okay. It is very okay for the woman to send pictures to someone. That's her life. No one can really judge her on that. It is not okay for the other person receiving the pictures to threaten the woman with them or to threaten anyone, not even women. I gave that as an example because it's very prevalent these days. I don't think it is a healthy aspect of being human if we take our pleasure through fear. And this is what happens in, in our society in Lebanon and the society of the Arab world. Another thing I want to point out about this story is how accepting the college professor was of the girl's testimony. And because usually we know that private institutions or institutions in general really care about their reputation and really don't want something getting out that would tarnish them in any way. So the fact that this professor handled the matter as gracefully as she did and I think that is extremely important. And that is something that is very lacking in our society. And my next story will actually focus on that aspect a lot. Uh, my next testimony I received from someone who was a bit older, who was telling me something that happened to her maybe during her late teen years. عندهم بالضيعة وكانت يعني obviously كل مين بيجي من ضيعة بيعرف إنه عادة التكين بالضيعة it's a very old relationship with the دكانجي or the دكانجية where it's like you grow up in front of them you go there always you have memories of going to the دكان and getting stuff for the house or going to get ice cream or etc especially إذا الضيعة صغيرة شوي ما بيكون فيها كتير تكين وماركتس وهيك but this girl went to the دكانة in her ضيعة where she had been going for most of her life. And uh, someone working in the Dekene started taking a fancy to her, I think. Now, it started off, you know, with looks that he used to give her. He used to always look at her, ask her if she needed any help, which is, to a certain extent, not really crossing any boundaries, until he started touching her hand when she wanted to pay. Touching her hand in a way like gripping it. Unwanted touches, if you will. Eventually, she started putting money on the counter instead of giving money into his hand because she, it happened so many times and she was very uncomfortable with it that she did not want to touch him anymore, especially since she could tell that his intentions were not extremely pure. Until one day, um, the hand touching came to another level, if you will. She was putting her groceries in her car when he came up behind her and he held her hand and tried to open the car door for her. She was not okay with that at all. She pushed him away and told him to get away from her. She felt cornered by her car door. She drove home and washed her hands obsessively and excessively. Um, she told me, when she was telling me the story, she told me I felt so dirty at the time. I just wanted to wash everything off. I felt filthy being touched by a human who did not have the purest of intentions. She did not go into details with her story much. I'm sure there is more to it that she did not want to say. This is what I am going to share right now. 
The point of this story is not what happened per se, but what her parents' reactions were. Because when she told her parents what happened, she told them, this guy is giving me looks. He's touching me in a way that I don't want to be touched. He's invading my personal space. Uh, can you please do something about it? Can you please talk to the owner of the Dekene? Can you please go talk to him? Talk to anyone who can do something about it. Her parents blew it off. They said, لا, and this is where she was shocked, in a way, to find that they were choosing over their daughter's feelings, over her feelings of insecurity, of vulnerability, of, of not being safe, not being secure in her hometown. And I remember her telling me something. When she was telling me what happened, بعرف إنه يمكن هيدا الشيء سخيف يارا بعرف إنه هيدا الشيء سخيف وفي أسوأ منه تقلي كذا مرة يمكن هيدا الشيء عن جد very stupid and what I had to say about that is that again there is no such thing as شيء سخيف there is no such thing as get over it أو خلاص if something makes you uncomfortable if something is unwanted unasked for then it's not something that should happen in the first place If someone on the subway, for example, or on a bus decides to sit next to you when there are a million of empty seats and you feel uncomfortable with that, it is absolutely your right to feel uncomfortable with that. It's all right. It's your personal space and someone is invading it. This is something that has been going on for a lot of time. بتنتمر تحت التراب كرمال ما يطلع بلبله كوت ان كوت كرمال ما يحكوا عن العائله او ما يتوسخ سمعه العائله لانه على اساس if a woman gets assaulted or gets raped الحق على الومن ما هيك؟ blaming the survivors of sexual assault is not something uncommon in our society it actually happened in front of me once um, by a person who really was one of the last people I would think would say that about a woman. Someone in an Uber car who was dropping off this British lady from a nightclub assaulted her and raped her. And um, I remember telling that story to someone who was next to me and that person said, And then I look at him, I'm like, what's your problem, Habibi? إنه مدري شو لابسة وسكرانة يخي لو كنت مظلطة إنه بيحق له حدا يدق فيها ما حتى على حالك imagine you are naked and there's a guy next to you and he just decides to rape you would you feel okay would you say yeah it's my fault I'm naked no stop being idiots we need to stop being stupid about this stuff we need to start thinking using our brains مش saying إيه هي عم عم بتحرقصو شو عم بتحرقصو we're not animals guys Now, I've been told more stories. I've been told many stories, actually, not all of which I have the time to share right now. But what I want to conclude with is that, first of all, if anything happens to you that is uncomfortable for you or that makes you feel weird or that makes you feel insecure, maybe ask yourself a question and say, okay, why does this make me feel weird? Maybe it's best if I talk about it to someone instead of hiding it. Because if it makes me feel weird, then it's probably something that is weird itself. It's probably something that isn't very right or isn't very okay to begin with. 
And I don't think that can be overlooked. Now, a story about myself, actually, a testimony that I was debating whether or not to share. Uh, there's this store that sells a lot of toys, a very, very well-known store. The store owner usually sits there with his dad. His dad is an old man. Uh, they sit there together and they work. Very nice people, both of them. The store owner has a brother, a brother who may or may not be married. I am not sure. But I remember once going to buy a gift for a couple of my friends from that store. And my mother warned me about this brother. And she says, be careful. He's, he's a bit of a pedophile. At the time, I was a teenager. And I remember picking out my stuff, being on the counter and paying and seeing the brother walk in. So the brother walks in and it was a bit of a crowded store. freedom of moving around. I was next to the counter. The guy makes passes behind me as though he was an Hada. And his hand touches my butt. And I remember at the time feeling and I, I froze. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to respond. I remembered what my mother told me at the time. I remembered she told me, this guy is a predator. This guy is, is a weirdo. And it was true. And to this day, I remember. And whenever I go to the store, because it's a very handy store to go to, I remember. I remember that story. Whenever I see him, I remember. Now, I think I've, to a certain extent, gotten over my trauma. But the memory doesn't go away. The memory that people like these exist, that people like these prey on, on children, on vulnerable humans, that very much exists in our society. Another thing I wanted to add is that if you go to your parents about something strange or, or any guardian you have, anyone you trust, and they tell you to get over it or they tell you it's unimportant, know that if it makes you uncomfortable, it's most definitely important. You cannot get over it. You don't have to get over it. There are millions of people you can talk to about this. Sometimes it's easier to talk to a stranger than it is to talk to one's own parents. Because parents sometimes are older. They come from a generation that doesn't really understand the implications of things or the consequences of them. And I hope there are parents who are listening to this today that know that if they ever refuse their child the, the right of telling their story, or if they ever told their child that it was unimportant or they would get over it, I hope you know that your child may be traumatized to this day from what happened. And I hope you know that this is something that will stick with them forever. I'm not trying to be cruel here. I'm not trying to blame parents. I'm just saying having an open mind and believing what your kid is telling you is very important. Because for them to come out and to trust you with something that is so vile and so ugly, why would they be lying about that? Maybe, you know, maybe look into it. Maybe ask yourself a couple of questions. Maybe ask around. The third thing I want to talk about, something I really want to highlight, is that sexual predators are not born. They are made. They are made by society. They are made by their own personal histories. They are made by their experiences and their childhoods and whatever it is. They are made. They are not born like this. They are not created like this. Nothing comes from nothing. And 
aside from anger, aside from frustration, what I feel towards these sexual predators is actually pity. Pity for the fact that they need to assert themselves in this way. Pity for a society that allows this to happen and turns a blind eye to these instances of abuse and of assault and of harassment. And pity to the people who are educated, like me, like some of you, and yet still choose to go with society, to go with the flow. I feel a lot of pity for these people, especially the people who understand the implications of such actions, who do understand the consequences, yet choose to ignore them. I will leave you with this today. Um, it's been quite a heavy episode. It was heavy for me to talk about, probably heavy for you guys to listen to. Thank you so much for listening. And just keep this in mind, maybe. Think about this. Think about the people out there who don't have a voice, who cannot talk about these things. Maybe try to reach out to someone if you feel like they're distressed, if you feel like they're hiding something. Nothing comes from nothing in the end. Thank you guys for listening, and I'll see you guys next time. Thank you.